uh, hello Kaya and uh, thanks for your visit. Uh, where are we at the moment? We're sitting in uh, my living room facing onto the river field and uh, the island race course. The place in, at the minute is kind of snowed, lightly snowed a little bit, mostly ice. And uh, the birds are very happy and very plentiful mm-hmm. around the place. Sing. So we and very good that you have them fed at the moment because they're probably struggling to find food themselves, the creatures. Uh, absolutely. And I read recently in uh, Facebook uh, one of the seeds for the oh the gorgeous ones, the finches, was. Um, you know the flower that grows in the summer, the big tall flower? The daffodil? No, the big tall one. The oh, the sunflower. Sunflower. That uh, sunflower seed was a good one. And I invested in that. And we have goldfinch, we have uh, chaffinch, we have blutis, we have every different bird. It's such a pleasure to be sitting where I am with you, Kaya looking out onto the garden and the birds feeding and especially looking at the uh, oh, the coloured doves. Mm. They can't feed on high so they're on ground feeding as well. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are at the minute. Ina, tell me how did you end up in the stool? Because you're not originally from the stool. I'm not originally from the stool. I'm from Charleville County Cork. A lovely, busy town, lovely town to grow up in, uh, which is many years ago now, but uh, uh, houses were being built in Charleville in 1949 or so, and there was a handsome Kerryman (laughs) appeared on the scene. We met, fell in love, and that's how eventually that we finished up in this stool. (laughs) And I'm actually very happy here. I've been widowed here uh, with many years, uh, but I did stay on. I find the people are lovely, they were welcoming, and my children have been very happy growing up here and lovely stole. Mm-hmm. Ina, tell me, when you sadly lost your husband and you became a widow quite young, what was the community of the stole like for you? Uh, I... S- I didn't know that many people at that time, just my close neighbours. But uh, I had a, a very good neighbour who would, if she saw me doing work outside the house, painting the windows or that, she always stopped on her bicycle and would come over and talk to me and encourage me and say, you know, what a great lady I was. But I was so busy, I had six children then, uh, Kaya, and uh, that was it, just getting them ready for school, getting them fed and everything, and the pension was very, very small at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were young themselves, the, your children? They were young themselves? The, the youngest was three and the eldest was twelve. She was just going into first year. Uh, but. Uh, a job came up two years after in the urban council and uh, I was lucky enough to get that job 
which added then to the pension. The pension at the time was seven fifty for the seven of us. Uh, and then I think I got six euro for so many hours. It's not euro, pounds. So that gave me 13. Now we were paying rates at that time as well. And, um, uh, you know, money was... But the community, you know, I, I was so busy with the children. Mm-hmm. And I loved the garden, so I'd occupy myself in the garden. Mm-hmm. How yeah. old were you when um, you became a widow? I was 39. I would have been 40 at the end of that year, uh, which really was very young, I suppose, really. It's something you wouldn't expect at that age. Uh, you talk about uh, growing old together and, uh, you know, what life would be like and the children would be gone and grown up and where would they go? Uh they were what you'd be talking about then. And uh, we were maturing ourselves as well. And things were good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But from that, uh, Ina, you decided there wasn't a lot of things available to any women at that time who were just widowed suddenly and had nowhere to turn to. But you taught us something. There, no, there wasn't as far as I knew, but then uh, most of the widows, if they were young, they had children to be looking after. But at Mass one evening with my own children, two ladies came up to me and they said, uh, Mrs. Bunyan, you know, uh, we can't make up four people, four women to have a game of cards. Is there anything out there for us that can help us to cope with this and of course that put me thinking I was then in my early 40s and um, I got uh, uh, knowledge of an association for widows uh, that had been started in Dublin got on to Dublin uh, made contact went to our local priest asked him uh, what would he think if we started to try an, an organisation? I had met another widow, Maura Chapman, and between, she said she would be in favour of trying something. And we called a meeting, and our first meeting brought 60 widows uh, to the presentation convent. They gave us a room, and... Uh, we met then, after that, we met every month and had our cup of tea and a chat. We all became friends. We heard of one another's stories and how they were coping and one thing and another. And that went from strength to strength. It really was wonderful. But apparently, uh, now over 50 years on, uh, it had to be... Um, we we had to close because uh, widows, uh, the older women that were in the association, were too old, weren't able to travel, and thank goodness it's better for the young widows. They're able to work, and uh, the widows' pension has been increased gradually up over the years, and uh, we were happy with what all the benefits that we did get while it was an association. Mm-hmm. So, 
We did close down. But when you met up and you shared each other's stories and got to know one one another, how did that make you feel? Uh, marvellous all together. I have great friends from Donegal to Dublin. They boasted of the spike and we used to boast about the s- Sam <laughs> having the cup. But then I'm afraid the story reversed. They got the cup too often. Uh, I still have great contacts uh, with a lot of the women. Uh, their stories then were all so different. Um, you know, you think your story was bad, you'd hear something else. But it filled you with compassion. We had great compassion for one another and we had great fun which was very important as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you go out and do? Um, mostly our meetings uh, would be about uh, different things that were going on, how we'd benefit the time that uh, women had to share hospital rooms with the men, all those kind of things. Uh, then about children, the rearing of the children, mm-hmm. and whether or not parents should be responsible for any bad act that the child did or whatever. There was so much to discuss always, plus, of course, discuss and giving out about the government and what they wouldn't do. We tried for the free travel for the younger widow for years. That never came about. I would be disappointed about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you've made so many changes over the years. You must be so proud of that. The changes. Uh, I enjoyed my life very much. Uh, but that's the type of an individual I am. Uh, the changes. You've just got to get on with them, uh, Kaya. Um, there's nothing really you can do. You could. You can't reverse time. You could sit down um, and forget about, try and forget about. You can't forget. You have to cope with it. And prayer and your faith is vital in cases. I lost a son as well uh, when just over 20 years ago. He was 43, uh, died of an aneurysm, was dead in 15 minutes. They're all big shocks to people, to mothers, you know. But mm-hmm. life is good. We can't all the time be sad about things. We don't like the way things are going on with the wars. And you pictured all those children, everything that's happening. Why is it happening? It's greed, it's greed, greed, and it's all from the top. Mm-hmm. And my dog was driving me mad. <laughs> you have little Milo keeping you company anyway, that's the, that's the main thing. <laughs> you have little Milo keeping you Milo. Oh, Milo is lovely. He's, he's the love of my life. He's not really. <laughs> I count all my great grandchildren. I have, oh, I don't know, I have 18 grandchildren, and now I think I have 22. Two twenty-three great grandchildren. Oh my goodness! Yeah, they're beautiful. What's Christmas like for you, so? Yeah. 
Well, no, that was all right because I was uh, recovering from a, a little procedure, so uh, it was quite. I escaped all the shopping. <laughs> and tell me, Ina, finally, am I right in saying was your? Did you just have your birthday recently? I did actually. Uh, but we had it very quiet uh, but I always do it it's just another year I was 95 and uh, do you know uh, anything in my life I thank the Lord I never cease to thank him thank him every step of the way to have that faith to believe that he's there and that he's listening to you he mightn't, you mightn't feel always that he's given you the right answers or whatever. But he is there. He's forever with us. And if uh, we have Eucharistic adoration here in our uh, parish, and that is the most beautiful gift that we have, that has spent some silent time. Mm-hmm. He knows you're there. It listens. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, Ina, it was lovely to talk to you, and thank you so much for giving me your time today and sharing your story. And again, having this beautiful view on this beautiful Thursday uh, afternoon with you. And lovely speaking to you. You're a little dot. Yeah, <laughs> and I will listen to the program, and I, I will look forward to it now because I know who's at the back of the mic. <laughs>